you have just tuned into the Being One podcast. Hey, 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 it's your girl Samantha Laguerre on the Being One podcast, the podcast where we will embark on a journey to be one with Christ in our everyday lives as human beings. Hello, Kingdom Citizens, we're back with another episode. And on today's episode, we have it titled, Many Called But Few Chosen, and we're coming from the scripture, Matthew 22, verse 14, where it states that many are called, but few are chosen. Um, Before we get into the content of today's episode, I wanted to take time out to read um, reviews that you guys have left. So today I'm going to read two reviews, and then following next week, I'll read more reviews that I get. So the um, first review that I want to speak on is... Um, from someone named Phoebes, um, and it was titled A Blessing. And it says, I can't explain how much of a blessing this weekly podcast is. It keeps me connected throughout the week when I am entangled in my weekly affairs. It is focused on unifying the body of Christ, and every single week God uses the host, Samantha, to bring forth a new refreshing word that keeps me focused in my walk with Christ. Wow, thank you so much, um, Phoebes, for listening. I'm glad that, you know, you are, it's allowing you to be more focused on your walk. Um, the next one reads, the title is Powerful. I just listened to, the, to Just Obey and Wow. Talk about humility. We must humble ourselves before God and be willing to be obedient to everything he says. He's just looking for a willing vessel. There is a powerful anointing on this young woman's life, and God is using her in a mighty way. Tune in. You won't be disappointed. And that was from Monica Patrice. Thank you. Thank you so much, Monica Patrice, for leaving a review and listening. Um, God bless you both. Okay, so... Today, I have something new going on. Um, Today, I actually have a guest who is joining us um, today, and his name is Derek Duvall. Um, So, Derek Duvall, go ahead and please introduce yourself and share your testimony, please. All right. Like she said, my name is Derek Duvall. I'm a senior at the University of Central Florida. And um, I was preaching pretty much last Sunday, and um, Sam reached out to me, and she really wanted me to share my testimony. So my, a little bit about my testimony of being chosen was when I was a young boy, um, my mom went to this, to this church event, a revival. And um, she really wanted to know if the lady was really a, a minister of the word. And she prayed to God that the lady would single her out. And the lady singled her out. And when she did, she told her that I would be um, pretty much a, a preacher. And my mom couldn't believe it. And she didn't understand how, because I was such a bad kid at the time. And um, pretty much throughout my whole life, just the way God has been moving, and it just changed the way that I view things and that I never thought that I would be in this position, but the way that God really changed my life and the way that he prepared me really showed me that I was a chosen person by him. And my mom never told me this story until recently where I accepted the calling of becoming a pastor, and then that's when she revealed the story to me. So it's not that, that she forced me or told me to do anything, but it's really that when I branched out, because when I moved to... Orlando to go to the University of Central Florida. It was no longer just relying on my mom's faith. I had to get my own. So that's when I really felt like God had chosen me and I walked fully into my calling. Wow, that's so good. Um, yeah, when I, so what it was, the the sermon he's talking about is a sermon he preached um, and it was titled Being Chosen. And I list, I watched it and I was so touched by his testimony. Um, and I was just like, okay, we have to get you on. Um, and just even how, 
how you mentioned that you weren't dependent on her faith when you moved away and now you had to, you know, really come to the faith yourself and really believe for yourself. So I think that's very powerful. As I took notes on your sermon and you did mention, you said you didn't, you don't always want to be chosen. That was one of the points that you made that you don't always want to be chosen. And so I want to know, and I know there are people that are listening that are probably curious as to how do you know you don't want to be chosen? Like, what were you going through that you were just kind of like maybe being rebellious or being stubborn? Like God was maybe like tugging on your heart. Like, how did that look like in your life? In my life, that looked like basically growing up in a in a Christian home, pretty much. And my mom always telling me that, you know, th- this life isn't easy and all this mm-hmm. stuff and that God has a plan for you, a specific plan for you. And I felt the calling of God upon my life, but I didn't want to to be like everybody else Mm. because my mom is also a pastor. My uncle is also a pastor. So everybody thought of me as the pastor's kid and eventually I would become a pastor. Mm. So I didn't want that. Even though I've been chosen at a young age, my mom never told me. So I always ran away from that thing, not wanting to be just like my mom or not wanting to be just like my uncle, but Hey, God will reel you in somehow. Right. Right. That's good. Um, yeah. And even to like we I feel like we have kind of have similar stories because like that's kind of like my my story as well, because I'm also a pastor's um, kid. And I felt that as well. Like I felt like there was a calling over my life, but it was just that not really wanting to admit it or really wa- wanting to walk in that because that's not what was like popular. Like obviously like going to school, like not everybody was nobody was trying to be a pastor. You know what I mean? Like that's not what we were on. And so it was like that battle between you know, wanting to fit in with your friends and wanting to fit in what everybody else was doing and but still knowing that you had a calling and knowing that you were set apart. So I can definitely relate on that as well. And um, the next point you had made in your um, sermon um, was that you you said that the enemy will oppose you uh, when you are chosen, that the enemy will oppose you. And so I want to also ask you, like, how did you feel the opposition growing up um, or even when you decided to to answer to the calling? Well, I feel like even though I didn't know that I was chosen, mm-hmm. I feel like the enemy knew already. Mm. So instantly, the enemy only attacks what is real. Mm. So the enemy would never come up to me and tell me that you will never sing in front of thousands of people because I don't have the, the, the I don't have the desire to sing in front of people. Mm. But he knew that I was going to be preaching in front of people, so he tried to make me run away from that call. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when when I started to feel that calling upon my life, then I started all these thoughts would come to my head like you don't even like talking to people. Wow. You stay to yourself. You're isolated. You, you don't even have good speech. Why are you going to try to speak in front of people? You were never the person to be so outspoken. Wow. And that's how you know the enemy is opposing you. Mm-hmm. Because when he opposes you, then he sees you as a threat. Wow. That's good. And so currently now that you have said yes um, and you realize the way the enemy will oppose you, do you um, currently face oppositions? Um, there might be people listening that have said yes to the call and maybe walking in their purpose, but like, how would they know if the enemy is still opposing them? Like, What do you face today um, that you know that is the enemy? I would say today that basically how, um, how you feel like because you've been chosen that you're kind of on a pedestal mm. and everyone looks towards you. 
mm-hmm. because that's how I feel like when I when I first accepted my call. That's how I felt around my friends. I had to be perfect because now everybody's looking at me yeah, as yeah. a child of God. Right. Everyone's looking at me as if I'm chosen. But God has called you in the position that you are. He knows that you're not perfect. He knows you're insufficient. And that's why you need him. And that's why he's chosen. Mm. So if you feel like you're not enough or if you feel like I have to live this perfect life, trust me, that's the enemy opposing you wow. right now. In wow. Very wow. That's good. I never thought of it that way because um, I know a lot of people, like how you mentioned, like, you know, when you say yes to the calling and people are now looking up at you. And it's so true. Like you'll have those friends that were like maybe living in the world and now they're like, oh, now you're saved. Now, you know, you're all out for Christ. And so they're looking at you waiting for you to mess up. Or if you do something that's not quote unquote Christian like, they're like, oh, aren't you supposed to be the Christian? Aren't you supposed to be this? Aren't you supposed to be that? And um, I know there might be people who battle with this this idea of them needing to be perfect. I know I myself, I battled with that, um, wanting to always be perfect. And you saying that you having that feeling and feeling as though you always have to be perfect is the enemy opposing you. I never thought about it like that. That's really good because you're so you're, that's so true that, you know, God, he knows that we're not perfect people and that there are, you know, we do have imperfections. And it's only through, through him and with him that we are made perfect and that he strengthens us. And so I know people. People feel as though that they can't really live out God's word or really live this walk, live in, in righteousness because of the fact that they feel as though they're not perfect. But that's the enemy playing in their mind to make them feel as though in order to be a Christian, you need to be perfect. And that's literally a lie from the enemy, because what it does is it draws people away from Christianity. It draws people away from actually living in holiness because they feel as though they need to be perfect. And the enemy is making them feel as though they need to be perfect. So that's really good that you said that. So if you are listening, what did you say? Sorry. And then they think it's too hard. Exactly. And they think that's too hard. Wow, that's really good. It's it's because we really we can't do it by ourselves. Like we have no power to transform our own hearts, our own minds. It's literally only by the grace of God. It's only God and Christ who does that. So if you are listening and you feel as though, listen, Samantha and Derek, I understand what you guys are coming from, but you know, I'm just I'm just so out of whack. Like God can't use me. That's a lie from the enemy. And he he can literally meet you where you are. All you have to do is say yes and allow him to use you because like we're saying right now, like we were we we didn't. We knew we had a calling, but we weren't just like, okay, you know, had to perfect ourselves. Like God used us where we where we told Him yes at. Like He used us right then and there, and was able to transform our minds and our hearts. So that's really good that you've mentioned that. Um, the next um, point that you also made in your sermon, which I thought was really good, was when you said when you're stuck to look up and you made a reference to Moses. And I want you to explain um, to the people who are listening that reference that you made. And what did you mean by when you are stuck, you need to look up? So what I meant by that reference was pretty much I was speaking about Moses and how Moses, and he finally leads the children of Israel out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. And, and they're wandering around in the wilderness for a little bit. And then Pharaoh decides to chase after them. And when Pharaoh decides to chase after them, the Bible says that God led them near the Red Sea. And when they were near the Red Sea, they had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. So pretty much they had the Egyptians chasing them on one side and they had the Red Sea on the other side. And what I was preaching about being chosen is God chooses the unqualified and he qualifies them. Mm-hmm. Because in that situation, if Moses thought he was qualified, then he would himself would try to figure out a way to save the Israelites. Mm -hmm. But since he knew he was unqualified to even lead them, he had no other option but to look to God to save them in that moment. Because when you think you're qualified, then you try to 
get out the snares. See, Moses could have thought, well, God will give us the strength. Let's go ahead and fight the Egyptians. Mm. And they all could have died right there. Wow. But since he knew, he looked up to God, and God opened the door where there was no door. Wow. That's really good. Um, that's really, really good that you said that. If he thought, that's wow, that's really good. If he thought that, if he would decide, if he went and George was like, okay, guys, like let's, you know, let's fight off the Egyptians because God is going to give us strength without consulting God, they would have been destroyed. But because he looked up and God had another way, and that's really powerful because I can think of some people and even myself where we may um, face an opposition. And we're just going, we're just assumed that, okay, like, let me fight the enemy or, okay, let me, you know, let me figure out how I'm, how I'm going to get out of this, this situation rather than asking God, God, you know, I'm in this situation, what do I do? Not realizing that our minds, like what we think needs to be done is different than how God wanted it to be done. And so we get ourselves tangled up in more mess and more drama when we go based off what we feel God was going to do rather than actually follow him. And I could see people as well um, trying to figure it out on their own and thinking like how you said, like, okay, God's going to give me the strength to, you know, to get out of it this way. And then when it doesn't happen that way and you become and you get defeated in that in that situation, you look to God like, oh, God failed me or God this, you know, when it's just like, no, God had another way out. So I think that's really powerful um, that you said that. Like, that's really good um, about, you know, God. He doesn't he doesn't call the qualify, but he qualifies the call. And that when we're stuck, we need to look up. Um, So I want to ask you if you have a a situation or you have um, experienced a time where you were opposed or were facing opposition and you had to look up and not rely on your own understanding. And being in school, I feel like I do that all the time, yeah. to be honest. But um, pretty much, I feel like I have to look to God when I'm in... When, the most recent was pretty much accepting my call mm. because I decided I'm going to become a pastor. Mm. And it was so hard because I had to look to God because I planned on being a doctor my entire life. Wow. That's what my life was set upon. Yeah. So now my whole, the course of my entire life was about to change. Wow. And that's when I really looked to God and said, well, you have to take this over because I don't know what to do. Yeah. Because my whole family is expecting me to go to medical school. Wow. So now what am I going to do? And God basically told me, is it not I that's in control? Wow. Is it not I that you look to for everything? Is it in not I that provides everything? And I was just like, well, if you said it, if you promised it, mm-hmm. you'll make a way. That's good. Wow. So what advice would you give someone who, you know, their family is expecting one thing from them, and but God is pulling them in a different direction. Like, how could you, what advice would you give them? Because it could be stressful, you know what I mean? Um, you know, your family is expecting you to do one thing, you're going to school for one thing, but God is leading you in a whole different direction. Um, what advice would you give that person? The advice I would give that person is that if God has called you to something, he'll never fail you. Mm. Your family can fail you. People can fail you, but your God never failed. So when God is calling you to something, he will provide that way for you. And eventually, I believe when you become successful in that in that path, even though family may be upset at you for a little while, Mm -hmm. they will all come around. That's good. Because the family is ultimately there to support you. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's, and I feel as though as well, like when, like how you said, God would never fail us. And if it's something that he is leading us to, 
And I feel like if you pray, you can also ask him to give your family peace um, about the situation. Like they may not understand it, but they'll have a peace that comes over them. And I've like experienced that also in my life where God is like, you know, leading me in a different direction that's opposite than what my my parents and my family wanted for me. And they just kind of had a peace. And it was like weird because I expected them to rash out. And I was just like, oh, why are they so peaceful about it? But that's just how God works. Like, you know, like he's really on your side. Like he's not against you. Like he's not going to, you know, have them kick you out or whatever. Like, you know, he'll allow them to have that peace that surpasses all understanding. So that's also um, very good advice that you gave. And um, I was going to ask you as well, like, when do you know enough is enough and you look up to God like, when do you know that, like, maybe you feel as though God is is um, pushing you in this direction and you're facing opposition, opposition, opposition. Enough is enough and you must be still. Um, have you ever experienced that? Yeah, I definitely experienced that because <laughs> there's so many times that I try to do so many things on my own and yeah. it feels overwhelming. Mm. But I feel like you know it's time talk to God and it's time for let to let God take control when when you're so stressed and you you don't even know what to do yeah like it's simple things you can't even do those anymore wow. and you're like why can't I do anything right then it's time to let God go take control because obviously you can't handle the situation that you're in mm. that's good so overwhelming you fine then you let God take control and then you let him make take that mess that you had and turned it into something beautiful. No, that's good. Because God is not only the great physician, he's the creator of the earth. Mm. And he'll take your mess and make it into a masterpiece. That's good. That's good. So you used two words. You said overwhelming and overstressed. So if you're feeling like you're overwhelmed and overstressed, that no, that's not God's character. He's not he's not going to overwhelm you. And he's not going to cause stress in your life. So I feel like that's a good um, factor. Like if you feel like you're experiencing that to really, you know, stop and look up to God and ask God, what is it that you're supposed to be doing? Because whatever you're doing right now is causing you to feel overwhelmed and for you to feel stressed. And that's not God's character. He's not about that. Like he he wants to help us. Um, you know, there are some things that it, it may seem overwhelming if we're not putting him first, if we're not seeking him about the things that we're doing, you know, you can experience that. So, you know, that I feel like that's a good factor if you're experiencing that to really like stop and, and ask yourself, you know, have you included God and where is God in this situation? I feel like that is very, um, those two words, the overwhelming and, and feeling, you know, really stressful and where you are, like that, that's a good indicator that you need to look up and know that enough is enough and you need to include God and in whatever it is that you're trying to do. Um, and then um, the last thing you you had said was that you didn't want it, but it was something that you needed. And can you explain that? Oh, when I was, um, I explained it like if there's a lot of things that you want, mm -hmm. but necessarily it doesn't need to happen. Yeah. So like, like for an example, like when that week when I was preaching, not once did I ever want to study. Mm. Because I had so many tests going on and so many exams, but that's what I should have been doing. Right. That's what I needed to do. And I feel like there's so many times we don't want to walk into our calling, mm. but there's people, there's lives, there's souls that depend on what God is calling you to do. Wow. And that's when I feel like it, those people are the ones that need you. Wow. It, because you don't want to do something. Yeah. The, the opportunity that people have to hear the word of God doesn't come. 
because you don't want to do it. Of course, God is all, almighty and all-powerful, and he will find another vessel. Yes. He will find someone that is willing to do it. But there are people whose lives that depend on you. You wonder why you're so funny and everybody attracts you. It's mm-hmm. because God is going to use that for his glory. Wow. You wonder why all these girls come to you because you're the popular one in school. It's because God is going to use that for his glory. People wow. don't understand that the things that they don't want, other people need. Wow. And that's what I really wanted to stress when I was preaching that message. Wow, that's really good. Um, and even what you said about how, you know, if you if you don't say yes, God will find someone else. And I spoke about I spoke about that um, last week about just obeying and how I talk. I, t- I spoke about um, Queen Vashti um, in, in, in the book of Esther, how she was they replaced her just because of that one time she was disobedient and didn't come when the, the king called for her. And also how King Saul was, he was replaced by King David because King Saul decided to to go against what God was saying and wanted to do it on his, his own way and not do it how God called him to do it and how he was replaced. And so we shouldn't get comfortable in the position that we are and feel as though, you know, God got us here. So at this point, I'm going to just take over it and stop saying yes to God. Because like you said, like, you know, even though we don't want to, we don't want to listen to God sometimes, but we need to because there are people who are depending on our yes. There are people who need our yes for God to use us to help them. And so if we find ourselves, you know, not saying yes to God and saying no or trying to do things our own way, God will replace us because like you said, there are souls depending, you know, there's their souls depending on you. And if you're not going to be a willing vessel, you're not going to say yes to God anymore. He will replace you and find someone who will say yes. So that's really good that, you know, sweet, there's, you know, like how you said the calling, like there's things that you don't want to do. Like you don't, it's not like, like we don't want to be against the grain. We don't want to be against society sometimes because we look like the oddball, like, you know, like, oh, you're so this, this, this. And it's just like, we don't want to be like that, but that's just, you know, what we need to do because we understand that, you know, God has, he's he called us apart. He set us apart and that there is purpose and there's a destiny and there are things that God needs us to do. And it's not even for our own sake sometimes, but it's for other people. And we are called to love. And there are people who are who needs loving. There are people who need to be ministered to. And so, like you said, like, um, if you're listening that, you know, you may be feeling as though, you know, I know God's called me to be a prayer warrior or God is calling me to to, to lead um, a dance ministry or, but, you know, I don't necessarily want to do it because that's not what's popular. But, you need to do it because there are people who are depending on you. There are souls who needs to be won back to the kingdom of God. Um, so it's not everything that we want, <laughs> not everything that we want, um, you know, we want to do, but it's stuff that we need to do. And just like there's not everything that we can do because we do have free will that we need to do because it's not beneficial to us or the people, other people. Um, and also, I wanted to talk about your FSU denial. <laughs> Um, your FSU denial, can you talk about that, um, you know, how you felt? Because you were, you were talking about that in your sermon about how, you know, that was like your first choice and you really wanted to go to FSU, but God had other plans. And can you just explain that and talk about that a little bit to um, the listeners? Well, I remember um, when I was a little boy, my older cousins, they all went to FSU. Mm-hmm. And ever since I heard that, then I wanted to go to FSU. Mm-hmm. And then around the time that I was going to graduate high school, I had a really close friend of mine who was probably a grade, two grades higher than I was. And he was on the track team for, for FSU. 
So then I was like, okay, I'm definitely going. We're all going to dorm together. We're all going to live together. It's going to be, it's going to be lit. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, I went through high school. I had good grades, everything. I had great ACT scores and I submitted my application to FSU. And, and I remember getting the, um, the email. They told me I would get an email by a certain time and that will, my acceptance letter or my denial letter would be in there. And I remember receiving that email and not even wanting to open it. And then one of my basketball coach in high school told me, you got to open it. So that night I went home and I opened it and I, it was a denial. And I was so angry and I was so upset that I didn't get into the school because there was people who had lower grades and worse mm -hmm. ACT scores than I did who made it in. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't understand. And then I realized that, you know what? Um, maybe this is not just for me. That's what it is. God doesn't want me to leave right now. So I was going to decide to just stay home and go to a community college. And my mom was like, no, you can't do that because I need you out of the house because I'm going to be doing missionary work and you can't stay here by yourself. So then it was already March. And then that's when um, one of my friends told me, you know, apply to UCF. And I really feel like the way that they accepted me, it was only God. Because UCF told me that they, were, they gave me a date to when I would be accepted or denied. And my mom would call them over and over again and they told her, you know what? Don't even listen to that. It's May 31st or May 30th, whatever it is. If you don't get accepted by then, then you know you're not in. It doesn't matter if they don't send you no email, no matter what. I remember graduating high school like June 1st or June 2nd, and I did not receive that email yet. And for some reason, I heard the next day I was at my cousin's house, and I heard a voice just tell me, check your email. So I went and checked, and I got accepted into UCF for the summer term, and it was like three weeks away. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. I didn't think I got accepted. Everybody already told me I got denied. But it was, I think it's the most crazy because I believe that God could have worked in FSU, mm -hmm. but I believe the environment that I would have been in wouldn't have been for me. Wow. I believe if I went to FSU, the, the state of mind I would have been in wouldn't have been willing to accept that calling. Mm. But because I was in Orlando and I got a fresh start where there was nobody that knew me, that is what ultimately gave God the, the most glory mm -hmm. because I could have decided to go any route with this new crowd of people because no one knew my past. And then I ultimately decided to go with the will of God when I felt the calling upon my life. Wow. That's good. Um, when you explain, when you talked about that in your sermon, I was like, yo, <laughs> because that was exactly like that happened to me as well, where FSU was my number one choice as well. And I didn't get in and I was just so crushed and I really felt like I wasn't qualified. I felt like I wasn't enough. Um, and I, too, was just going to settle and go to the community college as well because, like, what? FSC didn't accept me. Um, and it wasn't – it was, like, last minute as well. Um, I got an acceptance to USF. And I knew nothing about Tampa. Like, I knew nothing about it. Um, I never even visited the campus. But – I felt like that was where I needed to go. Um, so I, you know, went ended up going to USF. And, like, the same, you know, thing that you experienced where you were willing and just a vessel to be used by God there at UCF, like, that's how I found USF. USF, I knew nobody there. Um, I was literally by myself. The room, I went into, I got admitted into the spring semester. 
and all the all my roommates they got admitted that same semester so we all came in fresh and it was literally the grace of God he literally put us together like all my roommates um both of my roommates that I roomed with um like all of my college years were both Christians and they were like on fire for God and so it was just like God literally he literally planned that and every time I would like sit there and think about it like man like had I gone to another college like had I gone to FSU for real like what would I like what would have been and you know what I mean like had I what if I stayed home like what would that have been but you know God orchestrated everything for a reason and what I thought was like you know I was just you know waiting for USF and I just you know kind of assumed that I didn't get accepted because I heard other people got their acceptance letter and I never got anything so I just assumed that I didn't get accepted, but it was like last minute. Like I didn't even expect it. And I got an acceptance letter and had to pay my deposit and everything. And like Tampa, USF, like literally my whole life like changed. Like I really, um, I answered to the calling, like you said, and just watch God, like just do miraculous things in my life. Um, cut off certain relationships, cut off certain friendships and really just use me where I was. So that was very beautiful. Um, that that story about, you know, that den- that denial to us was actually redirection. Like it was God was redirecting us. Um, what we thought, like uh, you said in the sermon that what we thought, what God, what the enemy thought was going to um to make us fall or, you know, to make us feel down or what he thought was going to, what he was using against us, God was actually going to get the glory out of it. Like that, like that denial, we could actually be proud of it, proud of it now because just like, yep, we got denied. Not because, you know, we were bad people, but because God had other plans for us. He had um, something else better in store for us. So I thought that was very beautiful. So if you are listening and, you know, you didn't get into your number one college or you got um, denied at a college that you really wanted to go to, like, you know, still trust God. You know, God is still in control. And take that as a redirection. Like, okay, that I didn't get in there. Okay, boom, that was not God's plan for me. All right, God, what, what do you have for me? You know what I mean? Like, don't let the enemy win and have you feel as though you're not enough, have you feel as though you're not qualified, have you feel as though, you know, um, going to college is not for you, but actually give it to God and ask God, where does he need you? And and move where he leads you, move where he where He wants to send you. Not all the time you're going to be with your friends from high school. Um, not all the time you're going to be with your family members. You know, maybe God needs you to be alone somewhere else. You know, he needs you to have, like what Derek said, like a fresh start and to have people around you who doesn't know you, who doesn't know your past so he can he use you use you there um because i didn't know anybody um at usf as well um and then um you were speaking also in your sermon about how you know being at ucf you got into preaching and you also um had an engagement recently so i wanted you to talk about that (laughs) well um it was crazy because I got into UCF, of course, and then I would go to this church. It, the whole story is described. I didn't even say this in my sermon, but when I made it into UCF, I would apply for these um, these apartments. Mm-hmm. And um, I cur- I didn't have a car when I first got to UCF. And I applied to these apartments, and I told my aunt, you know, sign the papers, everything. He told my mom, sign the papers. I need my guarantor, everything. And um, my aunt said she would do it. My mom said she would do it. And they kept holding it off, holding it off, and I would keep reminding them. And then ne- they never signed it. And then I finally got an email saying, you know what? This place is full. Like, you can't get in here anymore. So I was just like, wow, the place I'm going to live, yeah, it's full now. Now I have nowhere to live. Mm-hmm. And they sent me to another place, and that would be the place I would end up living for the next three years. And right in front of the place was the church. 
literally mm-hmm. walking distance. And I go to that church to this day. Wow. You could just get out the apartment and you could walk and the church was right there. And I thought about it like, what if I moved to the other apartment? What church would I have gone to? Mm. And it was just crazy. And then that, that pastor, he would, he would, he would now be my, my mentor, but he would just speak so much into my life where I where I felt so different from everybody else around me because I knew there was something inside of me. I knew there was a calling upon my life. So he would just speak, and I felt like the words were coming directly at me. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, you know what? I, I'm just going to accept this comment because before I wanted, I wanted to be like everybody else. Mm-hmm. But then I decided, you know what? I'm just going to accept this comment. And it was crazy because um, um, my, my girlfriend, my current fiance, she was, she was also – going to the same church as I was, but we've been going to the same church for four years and not once did I see her until we started dating. Wow. So I feel like God was basically saying, you're not ready for this relationship, so why would I show it to you? Wow. So then, once I accepted the calling upon my life, then I met my girlfriend and now my fiance. Crazy. Wow. God just moves. He just moves. And I, when I think about it, I just think... um. The scripture that says, your, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, mm. and my ways are higher than your ways. And it's crazy because the, all the plans that I had, the, the plan, the school I wanted to go to, what I wanted to do with my life, God says, I have higher plans than that. Wow. I have higher ways than that. Wow, that's so, so good. That's so good. Um, And even... <laughs> That's so good. Even how you said, like, you didn't even see her, like, you didn't even know her like that until you were ready, until God, you know, knew that you were ready and showed her, showed her to you. Um, and that's that really also reminds you of the scripture that says, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. Like, you know, just when you said yes to the calling and when, you know, God realized that you were prepared and that you were ready for that next season of your life, that's when he, you know, allowed you to, you know, date someone and, and showed you someone. So if you're listening, ladies and gentlemen, um, and you're just so stressed right now because you're not dating someone or, you know, you're waiting waiting for your husband, waiting for your wife, like, you know, take what Derek is saying. Like, he... God, you know, God won't show you, I believe God won't show you someone until you're ready for that season. You know what I mean? Like he's still working on some things in you. He still needs some yeses from you. So have like, let your priority be to seek God's kingdom and his righteousness and, and really ask God, what is it that he needs you to do in this season? And what is it that he needs you to do in, in your life currently? Um, and he, he knows when you're ready for a relationship. He knows when you're ready for, for marriage. He knows. So we just have to, to include him in in our now, include him in our today, and just be led by him and do the things that he's calling us to do. And your person, they you will find them. You know what I mean. Like he will show you them, and you guys will then you know date and then go on to marry. Um, that's really beautiful. I'm really glad that I was able to ask you that question and um, interview you because I did not know that. <laughs> Um, and so I also want to ask you, like, what season are you currently in? What season do you think that God currently has you in right now? Well, I feel like God really has me in a season where I just have to rely on him and believe that he's chosen me. Mm. And that's why I really spoke that message, because I feel like God is now speaking things into my life that I'm currently going through. Wow. So I spoke that message because I feel like God is telling me you are chosen. Now, I just wait like Moses did. Mm. Wait, Moses just looked at me and waited for me to give him direction. Wow. I want you to do the same. Mm. So I feel like I'm in that same exact position right now. Wow. 
That's good. So what does that look like? How how are you waiting? Because I know there might be people who are listening that, you know, they feel as though they're kind of in that same season. And so how what should they be doing in that waiting season where they're waiting for God to direct them? What should they um, be doing? What should they be working on in that season? I feel like when you when you're waiting on God, you should just be serving his kingdom, doing mm-hmm. the best you can do. Like. Like me, I'm out there preaching sermons. I'm helping around the church and doing everything, volunteering. Because when God says wait, he doesn't mean to sit there and do nothing. Wow. He means serve, wow. do something, help my kingdom grow. Wow. So that's what I'm trying to do. And I feel like the more and more I get into church, I believe that God is revealing more and more things to me and helping me rely on him and just learn him more. Because ultimately, I know my mind can't comprehend how great God is. But just as he reveals himself a little bit and little bit, it just it just amazes me how how great God is. That's good. Um, that's really good. You know that you said. You know when you're waiting for God, don't just sit there. <laughs> don't just sit there, but be active in His kingdom. Um, be active in in His church and and play a role in in the ministry. Or you know, do what it is that you find your sweet spot in. If it's you know volunteering or working with the kids, um, serving. Um, being an usher, you know, singing, leading worship, whatever it is, like do something, be active and seek God's kingdom. And, you know, have faith that while you're working, you know, God is going to send you people that your direction or show you revelations or, you know, that he sees what you're doing and he sees that you are, you are serious about him directing you. You are serious about doing the things that he's wanting you to do and what he's called you to do. I think that's really good because, um, you know, we can be sometimes complacent in, in our season where we don't know what God is, is trying to tell us or where it is that he's trying to lead us. And so we just sit there and don't do anything. And our excuses that we're just waiting on God know that that should not be an excuse that you can be waiting on God, but still doing the things of God. Um, we know that he wants us to spread his gospel. We know that he wants us to love on people and, you know, be unified in the body of Christ that don't take it because you don't know what God's wanting you to do. You don't go to church or you don't serve, you know, find somewhere to serve. And you may not know exactly if that's what you want, but try it for, you know, try it for a few Sundays. And if that's not the ministry, you know, go on to another one. Like nobody's holding you captive into one ministry. You know what I mean? Like do, do something. Don't just sit there. So I think that's really good that you um, said that that's, that's a season and practically what that looks like and practically what we can do um, while we're waiting for God to direct us and waiting for God to tell us what's the next step. Um, so my question now is, how can we um, help you? What can we help you pray for um, right now, Derek? Well, I would just say just just pray for me and my fiance as uh, we take this next step in life. Just really feel like God be with us as we make this decision mm-hmm. to get married. Just um, pray over her, yeah. pray over me as myself as well. Just my schooling as mm-hmm. I finished this last year. Yes. Graduation in May. Yeah. Finally done. Yeah. You can't hold me no more. Taking <laughs> all my money. <laughs> Listen. But yeah. Definitely those, man. And just stay strong. Okay. Keep believing. Because this, this life isn't easy, man. Right. Nobody picks to be a pastor for the yeah. money or anything like that. So definitely just just relying on God and believing that He's actually called me and that He will sustain me in the position that I will be in. Amen. Definitely. Um, Kingdom citizens, um, you know, definitely we're going to 
pray for Derek and his fiance. Um, and again, congratulations on the engagement. I love that, you know, um, God allowed you to to make that next step and then to go into marriage, um, which is like a whole nother ministry in itself. Um, so we're definitely going to keep you in prayer um, with that in this season of life that you're in with the engagement and then on to marriage and for God to just continue to fill you as you pour out to others and serve others and love on others that he will continue to fill you and um, he'll just continue to strengthen you um, as you live in your calling and live according to his word and the purpose that he has um, given you and planned out for your life. And before we end the interview, I also wanted to ask you if you had any questions for myself, anything that you wanted to ask me. Well, um, I would just say that um, what really made you feel like to over to start this show, to start these broadcasts? Because I know there might be people who are they envision themselves starting something or connecting with people, even though it may not be face to face or online. But mm-hmm. how can they get started? How do they, how do they really know that God is calling them to something like this? Okay. Um, good question. Good question. Um, so yeah, with this with this with this podcast, um, so I've always been pretty vocal about my confusion when it came to like different denominations and different theologies and how people will interpret the Bible one way. And I really have a heart for the youth. I have a, a heart for the millennials, um, young people, and so. Even with this podcast, I knew that God needed my voice on a platform. Um, I was never big on, like, being in front of a camera. I don't know. I just never liked that. Um, and I've always knew something either was going to be, like, radio. I wasn't. I didn't know about podcasting yet. And I think it was – I think I explained it. I think it was – It was. I think it had to have been 2016 where um, I heard God say podcast. And it was going into 2017 where I was just super rebellious – um, I knew like God was telling me to do certain things and I was just not not wanting to say yes. Like I didn't want to say yes. And there were other things that he wanted me to do. But again, I was just not like I was just not with it um, at that moment. Um, it wasn't until la- last year, 2018, where God reintroduced the podcasting to me. And I was fearful because I feel like sometimes like how you were explaining about us being perfect, the enemy um, really reminded me that of, of my flaws and reminded me of the things that I've done in the past. And he kind of like told me that, you know, who would listen to you or, you know, you're going to be a hypocrite because you've done this and, you know, things like that, like, you know, making me feel as though it's a hypocrite. And so I was just like, oh, no, like, I don't like hypocrites, so I'm not going to sit there and, you know, put out content that God wants me to put because I don't want, I don't want people to look at me in that, in that light. And so that's what I battled with for, for, for months, um, this idea of me not, me not being perfect and, you know, believing the lies of the enemy. And it wasn't until um, I think it was maybe in the summertime and I told God, okay, God, you want me to do this podcast? Like, I need you to do, like, you need to plan everything because without you, I'm nothing. And so I can't sit here and plan plan out for a whole podcast. Like, I, I, I wouldn't know what I would talk about. Um, and it wasn't until um, the day after my birthday, it was October 3rd, 2018, and God gave me the name for the podcast. He said, being one. And I was just so excited because I was like, wow, God, you're really talking to me about this podcast right now. And being one, and I was like, God, okay, what does being one meant? And he he revealed to me what being one meant. And 
my place in, in what I was going to be doing on the podcast and the topics and, and different things that I was going to shed light on and basically saying how, you know, a lo- we're, we're hindered sometimes. We don't really see his goodness here on this earth is because like the body of Christ that the enemy has really been sending a lot of attacks and targets to the body and we're just all over the place and we're not really unified and there are a lot of mis- misconceptions. There are a lot of misinterpretations interpretations that are goes on with his word that's just like everybody's all out all out of the place and how religious and in and, and these religious people like how the um pharisees like they've confused a lot of young people and made them feel as though if they if they did this they were just done for you know god couldn't use them and so he really wanted me to 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 inform you know the world and to inform um those who listen that you know we are called to be one we are called to be one with christ and when it, when we are one with christ and we are when we are connected to the vine then we are we are going to be fruitful in this life um so that's really how it played out um i really god gave me the idea he gave me the um the podcast he gave me the the title and i gave it right back to him like i never i always tell god like god this is yours i'm literally just a name and a voice that goes through the mic but this is your podcast everything that I talk about everything that I say let it be you and not me um so if you are feeling as though God is is calling you to maybe start a podcast start a blog start a YouTube channel whatever it may be um listen to him you know be confident say yes and give it back to him because many times you know I feel as though God will give you an idea or give you something and we say yes to it and then we go and try to figure it out for ourselves rather than giving it back to God and allowing him to plan out um, you know the content and plan out what our platform in our channel in our podcast or whatever it may be should look like. So that's like what my, my advice would be um, because I, you know, I didn't think I was like how you said, I, I didn't feel qualified at all. Like I really didn't. Um, I was like, God, I have all these issues. I talk fast. I have stuttering issues. Um, and, and I gave him all these, you know, excuses. And like you said, like he doesn't call the qualified, but he's just looking for a willing vessel who would say yes and through RES, he will then qualify us to do the things that he's called us to do. Um, so hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, and now here we are, about to be like eight episodes in this podcast. Um, and I just, you know, thank those who listen continually every week who listens to the podcast. Um, so thank you guys again. And uh, my last question to you then would be how can we connect with you um, your social media, if you have a YouTube channel, whatever it is, how can we connect with you? Um, social media, my Instagram, Twitter, you know, all that is Derek B, D E R I C K B I H H. Um, yeah, Facebook, Derek Duvall, if you want to contact on that. I pretty much just, um, it's crazy because I, I recently thought that, um, I should be off of social media and I shouldn't really, um, like stay on it because it's wasting so I I, I I waste so much time on all this stuff and I and I was thinking about deleting all of it and um <laughs> re, it's crazy because as I'm thinking those thoughts I hear God speak to me and say um you could be wasting all this time on it but you could also use it for my glory mm. and um there's probably a lot of people that think that like you know I waste too much time on this but there's things that you could be posting on there that could be encouraging to people mm. so I really feel like um Social media is a big thing, especially for us nowadays. Everybody has a little computer in their hands, aka their phone. So, um, 
Yeah, we could use social media. You can connect through that. That's how you connect with people around the whole entire world. And you can preach the gospel. You can do whatever you want. Just encourage people. Every little thing. So, yeah. I don't know how I got on that topic. But yeah, <laughs> social media. Derek, if you want to connect with me, I'll follow you guys back. Okay, awesome. So I will um, put his handles on the description of this episode. Um, if you want to connect with Derek um, through his Instagram or Facebook, uh, if you may have, you know, further questions or if you want to watch um, his sermons um, and, you know, be encouraged by the things that he is saying and doing, I will definitely link his handles on um, the description of this episode. Um, and so to end, we want to speaking for my listeners we want to thank you for you know coming and sharing your testimony with us and sharing um your wisdom and you know um deep understanding about the word and you know what god is doing in your life we thank you thank you thank you for you know joining us and allowing me to interview you and again we will be praying for you and we just pray that god will just you know continue to use you um and that you'll continue to be a willing vessel and obey the voice of the of, of god and continue to say yes to him and i thank you again for tuning in um kingdom citizens to the being one podcast um you know have a blessed day um god loves you so so much um be blessed <laughs>